Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 297. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a lot to get to. Uh, how about we start things off with some NBA? Yeah, not too much to talk about, but uh, one big story is that uh, Jacques Vaughn of the Nets was named the permanent coach. So uh, it was reported that after Nash was fired that the Nets were going to sign uh, Udoka as their coach. Uh, I guess that didn't happen. So uh, Vaughn's going to stay on as head coach. He's been a head coach with uh, the Magic um, and was their interim coach a couple of years ago as well. So he already, he's been with the Nets for like six years. So All right. Um, he played at Kansas. Did they give any reason why they weren't going to go with Udoku? <clears throat> no, I think it was just kind of like they're going to pretend. It, 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 there was such bad press about it. And I think they've already got oh. some heat with Kyrie Irving. I feel like they probably thought the last thing we need to do is put on a coach to coach our team that is also involved in a scandal right now. Yeah, they got offered a reality show from uh, Entertainment E. They probably could actually be on that yeah. reality show. If any basketball team got a reality show, it'd be like them and then like the Lakers just because it's such a collapse. And they, they had been playing better. Uh, I think they hadn't allowed over 100 points since since Vaughn was the uh, the new coach, but then they ended up losing to the Lakers in the last game. So it's like, I don't know what to make of this team. But um, yeah. yeah, they were playing really bad, and they're probably not that bad. They still have some talented it, players. In that defense, losing to the Lakers, I think that could have also been a scheduling thing where it's like back they played. Backs, they, yeah. It's back-to-backs, but it's also in L.A., so it's like, you play the Clippers and then you stay the night in LA, which means, you know, you've got the the going out scene. You've got the celebrities all around, like meeting up with people that you know, because everybody that's famous, whether they're an athlete or whatever, knows people in LA. So I feel like it was just kind of one of those things where they just didn't have it in them to go play a Sunday night game in uh, LA. Yeah. All right. How about we talk about Portland? <clears throat> um, They're in first place along with the Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets. Whoa. So. Uh, a little bit of surprise. I mean, Utah, we've already talked about being this big surprise. Um, but Portland as well. And they Lillard has missed um, a few games, and they've still won games. Um, I think we we were pretty low on them. I think we've all three said under on We were low on Portland and Utah. Yeah. I think so. I know we all said under 23 and a half wins for Utah, and they're already almost halfway there living on a prayer. Yeah. So, so Portland's got uh, good production out of, like, um, Anthony Simons and um, – Who's the big guy? They they signed like a big guy. It's like that's not gonna work. And then was it Yurkic still or Nurkic? I mean, I don't know who Yurkic no, is. I think I'm making players up. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've got Jeremy Jeremy Grant, Kellen Winslow, or Justice Winslow, Eubanks. I think I was thinking of Grant. Um, yeah. You know. And he's, he's averaging not, twenty a game. Yeah, he's wow. on a better team. You think, oh, him. you know, he averaged twenty with the Pistons because it was a bad team, but you know, he's still doing pretty well for them. So, oh, good for him. So yeah, they're uh, they're they're a good little team. And Anthony Simmons, it was a uh, or Simons. How do you say it? Simons. Anthony Simons has been a uh, he's been a good player the last couple of years. Very young player too, and uh, he's finally starting to blossom with how he was projecting to blossom. So good for him. Hopefully, it's only up from here because you know Lillard lost McCollum. So it's good that he basically found one away, found one right after in Simons. Yeah, and they uh he was he didn't even go to college. He was drafted out of high school, but he went he played 5 years of high school. 
so he was eligible. How do you do that? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Some there's schools like that where they take they're like longer high school, um, so that that longer qualified high school. <laughs> they're like private academies and shit. It's a real thing. Interesting. Well, that makes sense because you got the guys like in soccer that are uh, going to the academy, like Barcelona's academy, when they're like 12 years old, and that's literally their school and their training until they're basically pros. I know it's not quite like that, but it's it's similar. It's the right idea. It's the similar idea. But uh, all right, shall we move on? Time for some MLB. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot more signings over the next week, but we've already got a couple are in the early going. Um, and one I I don't have on the list here was Kershaw did uh, re-sign with the Dodgers, but that was expected. Another one-year deal. He's just going to keep going one year until he decides he's done. Um, but yeah, the first two bigger signings, uh, Anthony Rizzo staying with the Yankees, two years, 40 million. So that's, that was to be expected as well that like he's had a nice little run with them. He doesn't have to be the star. He, he's just a veteran. He's got a cool Italian name. So it fits in with the, the Yankees culture there. So um, pretty good. Uh, and then Tyler Anderson signing with the Angels, three years, $39 million. Uh, Anderson rejected the one-year qualifying offer from the Dodgers uh, for $19 million. So he's uh, going to get a little more guaranteed here for 39 instead of 19 but it is over a longer period. Um, Anderson was very good. He was the best. Uh, he had the best start of any Dodgers pitcher in the short playoff series they had. Um, and he was just reliable all year long. And the Angels just need more reliable arms. So um, good Good on them. They have to hope that whatever the Dodgers figured out for Anderson this last year, that, that he'll keep pitching well, um, which is less likely. But, um, yeah, probably not a bad deal. He's, he's like 30, 31, I think. So it's not like he's going to fall apart or anything. You like that move, Tony? What move? Tyler Anderson. <laughs> uh, I mean, Angels need pitching. I mean, especially in some starting pitching. So, I mean, if he can be as productive as he was – in LA, I think that's not bad. I mean, with, with him, Otani, and just whoever else is gonna try to make that well, young young guys probably. Yeah, because I mean that that offense, it's got potential when it's healthy. To score I mean, actually, runs. the pitching was actually pretty good for him last year. It was the offense for the Angels that was terrible. Yeah, it was all the injuries and stuff. Yeah. But you know, I think you know you got Trout and Otani. It'd be nice if they and I mean and Walsh. So I mean, I, I mean, uh, what's his face? The third baseman. Why am I blanking? Rendon. Rendon yeah. is just you know been garbage and i mean if he could do what he did in washington that would be then they'd really have themselves a nice lineup but i just don't see that happening but who knows we'll see i mean can't really be much worse this upcoming season for the angels than it was this last season so we will see all right well let's uh talk some college football um i didn't enjoy this last week um but uh, there were some some big losses. Uh, the top five all won. So TCU still undefeated, um, still up there. Uh, did the the new rankings should be out? Let's check them actually. Ooh, we're gonna get a live look at the new rankings here. Uh, not quite. They're not out yet. No. Uh, Fake. That's weird. They should be out. Actually, I guess it is still kind of early. They probably come out at six, six Pacific time. Yeah, let's just not dwell on this too long. Uh, it's probably yeah. going to be probably going to be the same anyways. Yeah, it'll be Georgia will be number one, Ohio State will be two, Michigan three, and TCU four because all four of those teams won this past weekend. All four of them will stay at that position. But there was some big losses that shook things up, mostly out of the Pac-12. Do you want to start, Andy? With uh, yeah, I think the the highest ranked team, Oregon, lost to Washington. 
Um, really blew the game because they it looked like they had an opportunity to close it out. Um, big turnover at the goal line, and they drove the length of the field and just didn't score a touchdown and allowed Washington to win that game. Um, and that effectively eliminates Oregon from playoff contention. They already have a loss uh, out of conference to Georgia, um, so they kind of needed to win out, win the Pac-12 to get into that that fourth slot. But now with two losses, that seems very unlikely. Um, and then, yeah, UCLA, they lost uh, to Arizona. Uh, just a horrific uh, loss here with the way the season's been going. That's like this was something. Um, this eliminates them definitely because it's not a great loss at all. Um, and it m- makes it that much harder for them to uh, even make the Pac-12 title game with two conference losses. Um, if they do, they are playing USC this week. If they do win, they'll still be be behind Utah, um, but Utah Oregon play this week, so Utah could get their second loss as well. So it might be still alive for UCLA to make the conference championship game, um, but they're they're still not going to make a run to the playoff. But uh, yeah, disappointing, especially in the game right before the big game. Um, yeah. That happens all the time. But yep, they <clears throat> look at, uh, look ahead game for sure. Probably, I mean they. We're already thinking about USC and forgot the task at hand, which task at hand, which was beating Arizona at home, and it's rough to lose it like that. I mean, Arizona hasn't been a good football program for the last few years. This year has been one of their better years to their standards for their la- uh, compared to their last like three to five years. So definitely disappointing losing to a team like Arizona. I mean, it wasn't like you know Washington or Utah came to town and upset them. It was, you know, a team that was a really big underdog. I believe Arizona I saw was 20 point underdogs or so. So almost three touchdown dogs at home. You know, they're, they're beating themselves up over that because it would have been, I mean, it still is going to be a big showdown, but this showdown would have meant a lot more next week. You would have had two, two teams, you know, with one loss going for it. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, they uh they didn't win, so we'll see. Still a great yeah. season so far. But USC did take care of business on Friday night, and they're still very much alive for the playoff. I think. I mean, if they win out, they will definitely get that fourth spot, in my opinion. Um, but that would that would be assumed that TCU will lose a game. Um, so I I don't know. I I think USC with one loss would have a great chance at the playoff, but. I guess still still more to be decided. I mean, yeah, you never know because Ohio State <laughs> and Michigan have to play each other, and so a lot of people think that'll eliminate one of those guys, whoever loses. It's possible TCU still hiccups down the road. Uh, and then, I mean, I guess it, it Tennessee would be the tough one. I mean, it might be tough for them to pass Tennessee because LSU is going to have to play Georgia, I think, in the championship game for the SEC. So... Georgia, I imagine, will win that game. So you never know. Tennessee might sneak their way back in, but then it's like, do you want to see that one versus four again? I don't know if you do. We already saw it. I think USC would have a good chance because of the conference title win. So if Tennessee only has one loss, but but they lost their conference and even get into the title game, I think it'll be held against them. Because would that still most likely be against Oregon? Yes. Well, Oregon still – it's still not determined. Oregon, if they lose – they could easily use Utah, lose to Utah, mm-hmm. and then they got Oregon State, who's pretty solid. So we don't know yet. No, we do not, but we will know at some point. Is that a is that a, it for our college football banter for this yep. week? Yep. All right. It'll get more exciting in the next uh, month when we start getting all the bowl games. But you know what? We uh, we got ahead of ourselves on World Cup. 
Oh, yeah, the different kind of football. Whichever way you guys want to go, we can go NFL or we can go World Cup. What do you think? Andy? We got a big slate on NFL probably, huh? Do no, we want to close with NFL? Or no, let's knock out Cup? the NFL here. All right. We'll close. We'll close with the World Cup because that'll be that's the big exciting thing. It's only every four years. So tune in. We'll give our uh, World Cup uh, predictions here soon and uh, some odds and tell you guys about the United States who are in it. But until then, another crazy week of NFL football. And it started off being played in Munich with those crazy Germans singing Take Me Home Country Road by Bob Denver. Wow, what a scene. That's what That was the biggest takeaway I feel like a lot of people said from this entire football week was Pretty impressive. how amazing the German crowd was. They were all screaming, chanting that song at the top of their lungs. There was a big thing I heard about how like the beer there was like cheap and it was like a, you know, it was a big glass of beer too. And that even when the game ended, the people that were doing the post-game show were like, these fans aren't leaving. They're still they, there. They still stood around singing and cheering, and it was like, that's how it's supposed to be. There was a guy with hot cheese soup. Going yeah. down the Wouldn't be stands. Germany without it. Uh, but it's on, on the football side of it, uh, a big win for the Bucks. They've won two in a row now uh, and look like they're probably going to win that shitty division. Um, but now that the uh, divorce is in the – Rearview mirror, uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to be the favorite there. And um, we keep saying that, oh, they're going to upset some of the playoffs. Um, it might not even be an upset anymore. If they if they get back to like 10 and 7 or something, I think they uh, yeah, really could do some damage. Yeah, no, definitely. And I uh, this is just going to be a little side thing. Speaking of Brady's divorce, his ex-wife, Giselle, was seen in like Costa Rica or something like on a dinner date and like picking blueberries or something with the man who was her trainer when like Brady would be gone and stuff. So last I saw bucks 17 to one to win the Super Bowl might not be a bad bet. And I told you guys this last week, I said, you could tell he got all that off his chest. He was relieved. You could tell that win meant a lot to him. His body language was different. It was like, it was for the first time all year. It looked like he was excited and fired up. And I said, that's the dangerous Tom Brady. And, the NFC, in my opinion, is still wide open because we'll get to it in a little bit about the the two other the two eight and one teams, but you know they're beatable. I'll just say that, and a motivated Tom Brady could be a scary thing in the NFC. But there is one team that I think is significantly better, which we will also get to. And uh, speaking of beatable, uh, we got the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford did not play in this uh, most recent game. Uh, they lost again. Dropped to three and six, losing to the Arizona Cardinals at home. Uh, but again, Stafford is out. Not a surprise. Uh, Cooper Cup had a significant injury, and they thought maybe season ending. Uh, but now it looks like a high ankle sprain. He'll be out multiple weeks, which at that point, just make it the season. There's not much season left after that. Yeah. Uh, but this is over. This You never see the Super Bowl winner have such a disastrous season like this. Usually the Super Bowl loser has like a, a step back. Um, but it was all worth it, I think. It's just... The last two, the last two LA titles have kind of played out the same way, right? The Lakers go all out, get Anthony Davis, win a championship, and then just in the fucking darkness. Yeah, uh, now it's the Rams are doing the same thing. It's, it'll it's be crazy. a long time before the Rams ever win it again, in my opinion, because Stafford has now proven like, okay, he did it last year, but now he's looking like the Matt Stafford of old. And then now Cooper Cup's banged up. They have no ground game at all this year. The defense is, you know, not that superior defense that it looked like it was last season. And I've already heard rumors before that McVay has said that when this kind of core group of his team is gone, that he wants to get into like the 
broadcasting and stuff like that. So I could see McVay kind of pulling a John Gruden where he, cause he is so smart that he, it would be, he would make good money being in a booth talking about a game like the way Tony Romo is and stuff. And I think he'll do something like that. And then maybe 15 years down the line, cause he's only what, like 35 or something, 36. I mean, he's, yeah, he's young he's around there. Yeah. So 15 years, he can come back in his fifties and be a coach for another 15, 20 years after that. So I think that that's my opinion of the approach. I think he might end up taking just yeah, from what I've heard. And Aaron Donald almost retired too. So he's probably thinking I should have fucking done it. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Whitworth. He's in the, yeah. in the pregame postgame. Well, he stuff. was 40. <laughs> I know, but he, look how happy he looks. He yeah. went out on top. He was happy. They're laying with his kids in the confetti. Now he's sitting next to pretty women doing like Thursday night football or something or whatever they do. You think Ryan Fitzpatrick is pretty? No, that's not <laughs> who I'm talking about. <laughs> Wonderful beard, though. He does have a good beard. Yeah. Uh, next speaking up, of, speaking of old quarterbacks, <laughs> yeah, similar situation to, to Stafford here. We have a a team brought in a old veteran quarterback, hoping to change everything, and it didn't. Uh, the Colts trading for Matt Ryan. They benched him a few weeks back. Then the coach was fired. New coach comes in with no experience, and like an hour before game time, they're like. Matt Ryan's taking first team reps in, in warmups right now. What is going on? And sure enough, Matt Ryan back as the starter for the Colts uh, against the Raiders, and the Colts won. I, I don't think it was all that great of a win. Uh, the Raiders seem like a mess. It's like they're they're okay offensively, a very bad defensively. Uh, Josh Jacobs had that nice run, and now he's been kind of invisible the last couple weeks. Um, but the Raiders are now two and seven. So what's kind of funny about that Colts game? A couple of takeaways that I heard was, well, first off, let me say it's just my own opinion i like that jeff saturday did that move he comes in he knows matt ryan played against matt ryan a few times i'm sure in his career and said you know what i want matt ryan in because at the end of the day ellinger no offense to him but not that great of a quarterback especially like to back him up and it's like you kind of look at yourself and be like how much worse is having matt ryan in there to ellinger and he's like i'm gonna go with the veteran guy lets people know that hey things are different this is my team now i also kind of heard an interesting take be interested to hear what your thoughts on this are, Andy. But like with Jonathan Taylor, they said at one he didn't play last week because of an injury, which I believe was it also his ankle. I think it was I don't know what it was, but I know he was had a lingering injury and didn't play last week. And then he played this like as in two games ago, but he played played this past Sunday. And they said when he went on because I think he had a sixty six yard touchdown run. They said when he got up to top speed on that run, he was at clock he was at like twenty miles per hour, and they made him wonder. They're like. Hmm, this was a guy that was injured the week before and then was able to run up to 20 miles an hour. So they said they almost wonder if there was kind of like some stuff going on where maybe he was basically kind of like, I'm not going to play like this because I think they were kind of just wanted that coach out of there and was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I am banged up and I don't feel like playing for this guy at the time. So I'm not going to risk anything. And then Jeff Saturday comes in here. This is new light. I mean, you never know. They could bump out a four or five game win streak. And the next thing you know, they're sitting a, game half a game behind because they got that tie they're sitting maybe like a half game behind tennessee with like three to go the only thing that sucks is that they have lost to tennessee twice which is going to come back and bite them and the afc is surprisingly deep this year so i don't know i, if I don't think be able yeah, to i don't think they're gonna without um, winning the division well i don't think they're gonna catch tennessee um but i think they're still alive for that last wild card um, i'm gonna defend both the previous coach and the franchise um matt ryan was actually very bad in the early part of the season um, and the decision to go with Ellinger, I think, was more of like, let's see what this guy has. Um, and they found out pretty quickly, two starts, that, no, this guy's not an NFL starting quarterback. And that's fine. At least you know. That's valuable information. You know that now. 
Uh, next time you do draft, maybe you are going to look for a, a quarterback, which they haven't done uh, for like four years now after Luck retired. They've been bringing in these veterans, and it hasn't really worked. Um, but I also understand um, the coach didn't make that decision. The previous coach who was fired, Frank Reich. The ownership said, I want you to start Ellinger because Matt Ryan's been a disaster. We want to see what this guy can do. Um, but it's clear that Matt Ryan is going to give you a better chance to win, and that's what Jeff Saturday's goal here is to win games. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if they're going to go on a uh, six-game winning streak and get all the way back into the uh, the playoffs there. But, you know, it could happen. They have, they have a good defense. That's They're better on defense than they are on offense, and they – um, the problem this year is their offensive line been, has been so bad, so it's really hard for John Taylor to get going with such a horrible and offensive line. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but a couple of years ago, wasn't the Colts like the best offensive line in football or something? Like they were, and I, I'm sure even last year it was a pretty good offensive line. I feel like I mean because Taylor had such a good season that yeah, their left tackle uh, retired, and I believe they've had a number of injuries. That uh, Quentin Nelson, who was like this is the best guard we've ever seen in all of history, <laughs> has just not been as good. He's been hurt and yeah. Um, it happens just, for those big guys, yeah. you know, and ask, uh, ask this next team, Andy, that we touch <laughs> on about injuries. I'll let you take it over cause it's your favorite team, but it was the Sunday night game chargers versus Niners. And I'll let you, uh, you're the charger insider. Well, I turned the game off at halftime. So it was a wonderful, awesome game. The chargers won, I assume. Um, no, they, uh, got shut out in the second half and ended up uh, losing the game, but not a surprise. They were a touchdown underdogs, which seemed like it would seem too light. Uh, going to San Francisco, playing the Niners, who uh, got healthy all of a sudden. A lot of their players coming back, um, and were just they just have much better talent than the current version of the Chargers, who uh, just have too many injuries, and they just they kept piling on on uh, this game as well. It just it's it's shitty, but um, it's it's rough to watch. It, it sucks to have. Your offense line isn't good. It, it, it's not probably the worst I've ever seen. I've seen worse Chargers offense lines. Uh, but then you pile that on with the injuries to receivers, including um, in the second half, Gerald Everett got hurt. And it's like, all right, well, that's just really, we're all, we're fucked. Like he's, he's an above average receiving tight end. He's not really amazing, but like losing him and then dropping down to the third and fourth string tight ends. And then you're already with your, Third, third receiver and your fifth receiver as your starters. It's, it's just it was it was too much. Especially the Niners are one of the probably five best defenses. Um, and yeah, they got fifty yards on the second half, didn't score. So I don't know how much you learned from that game. Uh, the Chargers defense played probably better than you think, um, and they lost they lost two more defensive linemen um, out for the season. So the fifth round rookie and then a guy from the practice squad. So it wasn't like their star players, but they're just dropping. Last week they lost one of their um, key rotation defensive linemen. So they're down to, I think, the two defensive tackles on the entire roster. Just and, should, that shouldn't happen. And what's their record? <laughs> they're five and four. And they're and still that's alive. The thing, is that, exactly. That's why I wanted to point that out is that they are still five and four. So it's, I talked, we talked about it before the season started, but I even said it when, if, if they would have been fully healthy, I was like, this is a team that has a beyond good chance to win the division and make a, a run. And it would really be scary to see how the AFC would be right now if the Chargers would have stayed healthy because you would definitely have the Chargers up there with the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens. I mean, it would be a bloodbath. And Miami. I was going to say, in Miami, you got to give credit where credit's due. The 7-3 and three Dolphins, but uh, 
Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, this is... Yeah, the Chargers have the Chiefs next Sunday night. So back-to-back Sunday nights. Interesting. And back-to-back um, very tough opponents. I mean, that could be yeah. a Super Bowl matchup easily with the Chiefs and the 49ers. And Chargers had to play them back-to-back. Is this one... This one's in L- here in LA, LA right? It's, they already played in Arrowhead. On a Thursday which was, night game. Which was the peak. Um, and it that's was. where I also died inside when they lost that game. And I was like, well, all the bad shit always happens. So it'll happen. Little did I know everything in the whole world would fall apart the next week. But um, yeah, not fun. Um, sad. Yes, it is. But uh, <clears throat> this next game, they're calling the game of the year so far. And I think they might be right. The Minnesota Vikings visited the Buffalo Bills. The Bills had themselves a nice 24-10 lead at some at one point, and then the game was 24 to was it 24-17? Yeah, Cook got a big run uh to make it 24-17. Um, and then just madness. Just it was madness. You had uh Kirk Cousins drives him downfield because it was a fourth and 18 when uh Justin Jefferson made Maybe the catch of the year, given the circumstance, one-handed up, basically stole it one-handed from a defender who had two hands on it, brought it in. How that ball didn't hit the ground is beyond me, too. It was You just have to see the replay to even understand what I'm talking about if you haven't seen it yet. And they marched the field, and then it looked like it was such a Kirk Cousins moment because watching Kirk Cousins sneak that ball on fourth and goal from the one was pitiful. He like kind of fell. He didn't even look really, uh, didn't really look like he tried to like move his arm up past the goal line. It's just like it looked it was pathetic. So turnover on downs, and I was even laughing like in a group chat I'm in with uh one of my buddies who's uh actually an old friend of the podcast, Carter, who's a big Vikings fan. Just laughing, like, oh, that was such a Kirk Cousins thing, like how pathetic. And then what happened on the very next play? 57 seconds left. Vikings, I think, had maybe one timeout or they were out of timeouts. All Josh Allen needs to do is get in like a yard or two so that way he has enough room to knee it because he couldn't knee it in the end zone without the safety. And what happens? Fumbled snap, recovered by Minnesota in the end zone, ties the game at 20, or no, gives them a 27-24 lead. That's what it was. Gives them a three-point lead, and then Josh Allen drove the field in 50 seconds to send the game into overtime. And then uh, after that, you know, Vikings got the ball first, kicked a field goal, and then Josh Allen got them all the way down to about the 20 or so and threw an interception basically in the end zone. And that was it. Minnesota snuck out with the road victory, giving them the tied for the best record in the NFL at eight and one. But uh, I'm still not sold. I don't know why. I'm just not yeah, sold all, on a Kirk Cousins team winning the Super Bowl. All close games um, that they're pulling out here. So I heard something too that did say, speaking of close games, that they, in the since they've been keeping like the stat for in the Super Bowl era or something like that, no team, this is the worst point differential from any team that's ever started eight and one in the nine games. They've only outscored their opponents. I think by, I think it was like 35 points or something like that in nine games. So that does go to show you that, you know, and, and one of those games, sure. They got blown out pretty bad by Philly, but still they, uh, Pretty bad point differential for an eight and one team. So it lets you know that they have squeaked by a couple of these teams and squeaked by the last two weeks against Buffalo and uh, Washington. All right, next game we have here: uh, the Bears. Justin Fields is the big story here. Another huge game from Fields. Um, they scored thirty points, but they lost. Which the Bears have now scored thirty points three consecutive games and lost all three, which I don't think has ever happened before. 
Um, but yeah, really the story has been how Justin Fields has turned it around uh, somehow in their since, defense. Since their bye week. It yeah. looks like since their bye week, they've changed up their offense a little bit and they're utilizing his feet more. And it, it's been exciting. This is two weeks in a row where he's had over a 60-yard touchdown run. You know, he had like 150 rushing. He's got over 300 rushing yards in his last two weeks. That's incredible for any running back or anything, let alone a quarterback. You know, those are college and video game numbers, not in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bears lose again. The, they know the Lions aren't good either. They go to, I think, three and six. I mean, that's just what the Lions, you know, they kind of do. They can, they, they're capable of scoring points, but they give up a lot of points. And, you know, it was just a toilet bowl type game that you sometimes see on, like, Thanksgiving or something at nine in the morning. Well, I hope he gets something that entertaining. At least there was points being well, scored. The know? Lions do yeah. play somebody on, is it, who do they Green play? Green Bay again? I don't oh. know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We go over every time and then forget. Yeah, we really um, do. <laughs> but yeah, then this next game was like the opposite. Uh, Broncos lose 17-10 to Tennessee. Uh, the Broncos offense just is cannot score. It is really bad. Um, I do want to give some defense here. I know a lot of people have been making fun of the AFC West, that they were supposed to be this great division heading into the season. Chargers were very hyped. Broncos were very hyped. Raiders had Devontae Adams. And those three teams have really fallen apart, and the Chiefs have like taken the lead by, by a mile here. Um, The Chargers have had tons of injuries. The Broncos have as well. People don't really realize they're like their offensive line has been decimated. Uh, They're down their uh, second, third and fourth receivers. Um, It's been tough for them. Their defense is still playing really well. Um, I know Wilson has problems, but this is partially due to just a really injured team as well. So I want to give a little bit of defense there. Aren't the Chiefs only six and three? They might be seven and three now. I don't know. I feel like I think they had a buy because I know one week I had to stop. I uh, had to not be able to start Travis Kelsey, but I'm pretty sure like the the Chiefs are only six and three. So or no, they're seven and two. Okay, all right. Well, I stand corrected. You know, I'm thinking of Andy when they're going to be seven and three after they lose sure. the Chargers yeah. this week. Well, anyway, speaking of another team with seven wins, Miami Dolphins. They win again. They score the points again. They played the Cleveland Browns. They put up another 39 points. Would have been 40, but they missed the extra point late in the fourth quarter by a local Orange County kid. Jill Park High School. Yeah, Jason Sanders, right? Yeah, Jason Sanders. And so, you know, Dolphins have been exciting. They're scoring the points. I mean, they're going to be in the they're going to be in they're, the playoffs. They're leading the AFC East now after the Bills lost that game. So that's what they were talking about, how the Bills are actually in third place right now because of the tiebreaker with the New York Jets. And you would have been like, if you would have told that whole division's over 500 too, which is impressive. They are all, all in the playoffs if it ended today. That's has a whole division ever made the playoffs. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think it, was, it wasn't possible. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Until they added the seventh, the seventh team. A lot of these sports are adding more, uh, more players now, but yeah, anyway, good for them. They're fun to watch. But um, anyway, moving on to the next game, JJ. No, wow. Not JJ Watt. TJ Watt comes back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course they win. They are now two and oh, when TJ Watt plays this year and they're three and six on the season. So, you know, it seems like their recipe is have TJ Watt in there. And, uh, you know, they played the saints, but they were able to, you know, they, they, they got a game this upcoming week against the Bengals. I'm not going to sit here and say like, there's hope that the Steelers just go on this run and sneak into the playoffs. Cause I don't think they will this year, but this isn't a team that's far off from being very good again, in my opinion, the defense is good. They have, Arguably the best pass rusher in the in the league with TJ Watt. I mean, they've got a good young running back. They've got talented receivers with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. 
all around mean defense. Obviously, the biggest question mark is the the thing you need answered the most, and that's quarterback. I mean, is Kenny Pickett going to be the guy moving forward? I don't know. Will they end up being one of those teams like the Colts last few years, where they just try to find a old veteran to lead the charge? I don't know, but you know, time will tell. But it was good to see him as being a Steeler fan. It was good seeing the Steelers get back in the win column. It was good seeing TJ Watt back. And uh, we'll see. Big division uh, rivalry game at home this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll see if they can make it two in a row. But uh, here was the this next game. Was the, was this technically like the game of the week or the CBS game of the it's week? The, yeah, the, the Fox, Fox game, game of the week. week. So do Fox and CBS switch off on game of the week then? Is that uh, I don't know if it matters. Yeah, there's one 125 game usually. That's like a bigger game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dallas going to Green Bay, always a big game on the schedule. Looked bad this come this year because Green Bay just has been really bad and the Cowboys have been really good, surprisingly. Their defense has been great and it looked like the, how are the Packers going to score on this defense? Um, and the Cowboys were good to start. They're up 28-14 and they blew it. I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Green Bay uh, rookie receiver had three touchdowns. After yeah, on like four catches or like three catches. Yeah, after uh, the in game one, he blew a, a like a seventy yard touchdown, just dropped it, and looked like, well, this guy's gonna be out of the rotation. But uh, they needed him, and he showed big. So. And they say he's extremely fast. Yeah, like one of the fastest guys in the league. So uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I don't know what to make of this either. I mean, do we think Green Bay is gonna come back and start going on a little win streak themselves? Time will tell. I mean, I think that's definitely a morale game where it can boost their confidence. And we'll actually find out very quickly because the Green Bay Packers play the Tennessee Titans on Thursday this week for the Thursday night football game, which for once, I'm sure Al Michaels will be happy because that's actually going to be a solid Thursday night football game Two, you know, one good team, I guess, technically. And then, you know, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, that are always capable of beating anybody on any given Sunday. But Better than what we've been been served on Thursday nights lately. So hopefully that'll be a good game. And uh, final game we got here of the week happened just last night on Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles lose their first game of the season at home to the Washington Commanders. What do you make of this, Andy? It was going to happen eventually. Uh, and Washington has enough players um enough spark there with taylor heineke uh that guy seems to always get him close his numbers are never good but they want to play for him uh they, they ran the ball well and they made big plays what mattered I, I i don't know the eagles are they're definitely good but they were not they were eight no but so were the arizona cardinals last year i think you have to remember that happened and so so were the pittsburgh steelers when they were 11 and 0 two years ago both those teams eventually got caught their schedules got more difficult, even though I think the Eagles schedule is actually not supposed to get that much more difficult. But, you know, it's I just have a tough time seeing the Eagles making a Super Bowl run. I won't say a deep run because I could see the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, but I don't see them in the Super Bowl. And if they do get to the Super Bowl, I don't see them beating whoever's representing the AFC. So that's just my, uh, my reasoning on that. But um, I think that'll do it for uh, NFL. Time to talk about the uh, World Cup. Yeah, so this is uh, usually, you know, our podcast end with the NFL, but we have a different kind of football to talk about, and that is the World Cup that starts. The first game is this Sunday, November 20th, but it's only the, the home opener game, if you will, because it's Qatar versus Ecuador, so the hosting country gets the spotlight. They get the only game that day. It happens to be against Ecuador, so 
I can just tell you that that doesn't seem like it's going to be the game everybody's going to like sprint to their TV for. I don't think uh, Qatar versus Ecuador is going to be the big game that people want to watch. But I'll just give you guys some uh, some little odds here. The favorite to win the World Cup this year is Brazil at four to one odds, and then you've got France at six to one, England at six and a half to one, and then you've got Argentina who is also at six to one. Then you got Spain, which is seven and a half to one. Germany nine to one, and then Belgium and Portugal are twelve to one. So those are like the top, you know, top ten or so teams favored to win the World Cup. Interesting with Belgium being twelve to one because a couple uh, last World Cup, I think they were actually might have been the favorites, or at least they were up there. I mean, they were world ranked number one at some point, but uh, they've fallen off a little bit. And then uh, just going to give you guys some dark horses, some odds for some teams that are uh, so a little bit more bang your buck that are. You know, because if you remember the World Cup four years ago, it was France, who's one of the top teams, but they faced Croatia in the finals, which was a big underdog, dark horse to even get there. So three dark horses that I have in this tournament to keep your eye on with their good odds are Denmark at 30 to one, uh, Croatia at 50 to one. And then I'm going to go really deep here and say the Switzerland at 80 to one. Switzerland has a, a fun little team. Their goalies good and energetic and. You know, those, those are the type of teams that you got to watch out for. And then uh, for our North American, actually, I guess we have three North American teams in it, but I didn't look at Canada's odds, but I'm sure it's worse than this. But USA and Mexico are both 100 to 1 odds. Uh, Mexico has a tough group, if I remember correctly. I know they're in it with like Argentina, and I forget who else, but I know it's not easy. And then USA, though, is in the group with England, Iran, and Wales. And England's going to be tough. England is one of the top three favorites to win the World Cup this year. And then Iran and Wales are two teams that they they play solid defense. They're they're good defensive teams. A lot of their games are low scoring. You see a lot of like I think in this group you're actually going to see a lot of low scoring games. I think you're going to see a couple zero zero games between all the teams that play each other. Definitely some one zero games because all four of these teams can play some solid defense. I mean England's just so much better than the other three teams that their defense will automatically make them look good because of the offenses they'll be going against. But yeah, it'll be definitely a, a few draws in this, in this pool, in my opinion, but I think England and USA though, I know I, I'm pretty confident England's going to win this pool. And then as a fan, I hope the USA is the second team out, but it won't be easy, you know, cause Wales and Iran both can, uh, uh, sneak some wins or maybe sneak a key draw or something like that. Uh, Wales definitely has a, solid team and Iran's just always a tough team. Like they, they play all the time when they play, they play teams tough. So it'll be, um, but maybe they'll be distracted. That's what I was going to say. I didn't really want to touch into it too much, but there is a lot of turmoil going on in, uh, their home country. Uh, A lot of awful, awful things. It's like, I remember Dobby would always say a long time ago. It's like these places really are living. Like they're in an episode of game of Thrones. Like it's seriously insane. Like some of the things I've articles I've read over the last couple days, but again, that's not for, not every country is in the same year as other countries. Yeah. I won't obviously go into too much detail because it's not for this podcast, but rough stuff going on over there. And uh, Although it's going to be a big theme of the entire World Cup because of where it's being played. So Yeah. Well, and the reason why this World Cup is in November instead of uh, July or June is because of the fact it's in Qatar where it's a million degrees in the summer, so they had to wait. 
but yeah, it should be exciting. You know, we'll give you, we'll give you guys updates uh, on the world cup as it goes on. I mean, obviously I want the USA to win, but if I'm being realistic, I would like to see Argentina win just because of Messi. I would like to see Messi finally win one. There was a good quote I read about him the other day where, because like we kind of touched on earlier with the academies that he started off in the Barcelona Academy when he was very young. I'm not going to guess, but it was in his early preteen, like teens. And because of that, how long he's been in Spain, he actually could have gained citizenship for Spain. Therefore he actually could have played for the Spain world cup team, which if he was on the Spain world cup team, like eight years ago, 12 years ago, like eight years ago, especially it would have been like the greatest world cup team, probably in like the history of world cup. But, he said that he wouldn't do it because he said his uh, loyalty runs to Argentina. And he said, if he ever wins the world cup, it needs to be with Argentina. So this is, I think is going to be his last world cup. So, you know, it'd be a good story for him if he can do it, but we'll see. It's definitely going to be exciting. I mean, I'm really excited for this world cup. So we'll give you, like I said, we'll continue to update you guys as the, the weeks go by. I mean, next Tuesday, USA will have at least gotten to play one game so we can update it on that. But, as the weeks progress, we will have a lot more updates. So, yeah. All righty. And reasonable times. I'm just looking up the times here. Yeah, they're like usually at 5 a.m., 8 a.m., or uh, um, like 11 a.m. So they are, uh, yeah, reasonable times. Not and too yeah. Bad. So, yeah, on Tuesday, November 20th, I mean, I'm sorry, Monday, November 21st, USA plays their first game at 11 a.m. Pacific time against Wales. So, very good time. I mean, obviously, most people are at work, but at least you're watching it live. And then there are some 2 a.m. games I'm seeing now. So it looks like 2 a.m. will be the earliest. But All right. whatever, that's Argentina, Saudi Arabia. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know what games they're putting on at 2 a.m. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for episode 297 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Yes, thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later. <laughs>